Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show, where it's Thursday. I know you have no respect for Thursdays, but to me, Thursdays are like gateway to the weekend. The gateway to the weekend. Yeah. Thursday. Thursday. Going into Friday feels a little bit like you're starting to get that Friday mentality. We'll own that. That'll be ours. Yeah. Now from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios on this Thursday, it's Bob and Sherry. I was awake late last night thinking about Alec Baldwin, and that's a sentence I never expected to ever use in conversation. But I woke up in the middle of the night, and I couldn't get back to sleep. And I was thinking about Alec Baldwin and the news coverage that I watched yesterday, the night before. It's not good for him. It is not looking good. I'm surprised Um, because I thought, you know, he had a role to play and something was uh, done improperly by the weapons person. What are they called again? The, the, the armorer. Armorer. armorer yeah. yeah. And that uh, was sad, but uh, outside of the fact that he was one of the producers, which I could see, you know, his being in some way responsible, but then it's taken a different turn, hasn't it? Well, he's facing five years in prison and the evidence against him, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. Um, the affidavit that they filed said that, He gave inconsistent accounts about how the shooting happened. First, he told police that he fired the gun. Then he told police he didn't pull the trigger. But they have video and photos that clearly show Baldwin multiple times, different angles with his finger on the trigger. Um, They said that during the day that the terrible thing happened, he approached deputies and told them that he was the one who fired the gun. The thing that, that I was thinking about in the middle of the night last night was this. Alec Baldwin, according to the, this affidavit, these charges, um, was distracted during fi- mandatory firearms training, and he was on his cell phone with his family. And I think he and Ilaria are up to about uh, fourteen, maybe seventeen children at this point. They have a baby. They have a baby every nine months. So I get, you know, he's are, got are a you big- not surprised at that? Also, I mean, we'll continue with this conversation, yeah. oh, but well, just please. as an I mean, aside. I- I mean, he was uh, a father later in life to begin with, and then just this brood of uh, of babies. They're they're doing cheaper by the dozen. But here's what I was thinking about. And in no way am I – let me be clear. In no way am I defending Alec Baldwin being on the phone during firearms training. But what I was thinking was, man, once upon a time, you didn't have to – you didn't have to wrestle with those two conflicting things. If you're at work and it's firearms training day, you're doing firearms training and your, your spouse and your kids, they, they just have to understand that and they cannot reach you and they know it and you know it and everybody knows it. But now yourself, you are expected to be available to everyone from your 12 year old to your boss 24 seven. And that phone, it is such an incredible distraction uh, from everything. I mean, I you know sometimes I, I say to myself, "Girl, why are you even you watching this? Why are you even watching this movie and playing a game on your phone? Like, put your phone down." But this idea that I need to talk to you, Alec, the baby is screaming, 
yeah, I'm in the middle of mandatory firearms training. I just need a minute of your, that, that pull on our attention and on our, our heart and what we feel like we are responsible for. That didn't used to exist. And it's so awful now. And he should have put his, he should have muted his phone and put it in his pocket and done firearms training. Nobody disputes that. But haven't we all experienced or seen it? This is a no cell phone zone and it's very critical. And someone's like, I'm sorry, I have to take this to baby sick. Haven't we all had that constant endless pull on our attention? Oh, I've had it while doing the radio show. <laughs> you know, I've got an open mic and uh, I've got a child or whoever it is, you know, and they know that I'm working. I'm on the air. Just put your radio on. But they'll call for some reason. I, 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 it's interesting that you that you pose that. I think also I'm just guessing because I wasn't there. I'm not privy to any behind the scenes information, but I'm guessing he was known as the boss on that set, not just because he's Alec Baldwin, but because he was the producer. He was signing checks ultimately for, for people. And I think also he probably has been through that training before with other films. Oh yeah. And the, and the attitude may have been, okay. Blah, blah, blah. It, it, you know, yeah. you know what it is like, if you've ever been on a cruise, you have to uh, go through the mandatory, uh, uh, put on life the life jacket, jacket drill. drill. Yeah. Right. And you have you know, everybody's just so irritated with you're standing there. Yes. Oh, it's the little boat I get on. That's not going to be necessary. Um, I think maybe possibly it will be some of that, too, that he'd been through so. it before. But but I'm and, not saying that, that he that that's the case. I don't know. I, I just can't and, figure it out because he doesn't seem like the kind of a guy that would be, you know, put anybody in danger. He just doesn't seem that way. He's a he's a bloviator. He didn't seem like a killer. But here's the thing, Bob. Not only was it like, oh, my God, how many times do I have to go through firearms training? I know he did it as Jack Ryan in Hunt for Red October and all these movies. Yeah. He's done it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, there's that. And then there's also the problem of he's Alec Baldwin. He's the star of the movie, and he's the movie's producer. So who is going to have the stones to go, I'm sorry, Alec, we really need you to put the phone down? Well, that's what he, I mentioned, yes. Yeah. The, the he, intimidation he, that this is the guy that's signing my checks. And all of the just, people on the movies, they all they all know this is short-term work, you know, so you, you want to get a good reputation. And, and the thing of it is, whatever was going on at home that urgently called for his attention... The sick feeling of knowing that, yeah, okay, the baby barf Nutella, that could have weighed it. That could have weighed it. So this this is just a tragedy all around. and It is that. And cell phones. Mm. Once upon a time, we were allowed to have an uninterrupted thought, and those days are gone. It's Bob yeah, and Sherry. That's true. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I was awake in the middle of the night thinking about Alec Baldwin and being on his cell phone during firearms training and how, thanks to cell phones, none of us are allowed to have a single uninterrupted minute or thought. And after a while, I started thinking about Cindy Williams, Vernon Shirley. And, and all I can think about is Cindy Williams was almost cast as Princess Leia in Star Wars. Yeah, when wasn't I think that about, something? When I think about how differently her career and her life and everything in the world would have been had she been cast instead of Carrie Fisher. It made me wonder, like, what did Cindy Williams think about almost being Princess Leia? 
and not making it. And, and you can see it if you close your eyes, not if you're driving, don't do it if you're driving, but if you close your eyes and picture Princess Leia and Cindy Williams, it's that same yeah. kind of fresh face girl next door, apple cheeked kind of s- yeah. sassy, spunky innocence, right? Mm-hmm. You have to wonder, did Cindy Williams lie awake at night going, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I could have been Princess Leia. I could have been in the Star Wars franchise. Was that, was that, was Star Wars before Laverne and Shirley or after Laverne and Shirley? It would have been after, because didn't the first Star Wars movie come out in like 1977? Yeah. Oh, was it the late 70s? Yeah, yeah, it was, Bob. It would have been, you know, first there was American Graffiti. And she was in. in. George Lucas also did. And she guested on Happy Days. She yeah, was playing the girlfriend in American Graffiti. She was great at that. You yeah. know, she may have been turned down because she was on Laverne and Shirley. And the producers may have thought, um, that's too familiar uh, yeah, a face. Knows? And we want somebody that is kind of out in left field who will inhabit this role. And people won't say, oh, look, there's Laverne. There's uh, Shirley. That's Shirley up there in the uh, bikini. You know, maybe they just didn't want that. Who knows? Yeah, maybe they were looking for an unknown so there'd be no... Because mm-hmm. if you think about the cast of Star Wars, of course, now they're all galactic superstars, but nobody knew who Harrison Ford was mm-hmm. or Mark Hamill no. or Carrie Fisher. No, he too, he too was an American graffiti. That was the first yeah. time he was seen. Prior to that, he was a carpenter on, on sets in Hollywood. He was a guest star on a show called Love American Style back in the 60s, and you'll find that clip floating around on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy when you see it i mean i just was that wonder a t- was he- that a tv show yes yeah. yeah. like a like a com like a, a, yeah. a script comedy yeah it was a script comedy oh, yeah. vignette I kind can, of a show i can sing that theme song and i've never seen a whole episode of that because my aunt rosemary used to sing it while she was washing her plant leaves every sunday morning she would wash all the leaves of her plants because i come from um generations of insane sicilian housewives and she would be going Love American style, doing it the red, white, and blue. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Isn't that the show, <laughs> Max? That, that's it. Thank you. That, that sounds is right. It. Yeah. Never seen a single episode, but yes, yeah, Cindy Williams. I wonder if she was d- disappointed or bitter. Oh, of course. Max- I don't think she's bitter, but she would have been disappointed. I mean, that that role was not just a role. That that was an iconic part of movie history. Max has some really cool Cindy Williams stuff. Let's do it after Morons in the News, okay? Because we got Morons in the News next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Bob and Sherry. You see, that's all I could come up with because I'm an idiot. With Morons in the News. This is from Cutler Bay, Florida. According to Miami police, officers responded to an apartment complex About 5.20 in the morning, the report says officers knocked on the door and they could hear a man and a woman arguing very passionately. And soon after, they heard the woman screaming. Police said they could hear the woman yell, just kicking the door. After making entry, police said they saw Kevin Justin Mayorga running behind the door, attempting to close it in order to shut the victim in and hold her against her will. Police said Mayorga uh, disregarded commands to put his hands up and attempted to use a taser on him, the police did, but to no avail. You know, you keep hearing these stories about guys who have been tased and they keep going. 
I, I'd, have to, I'd have to go to bed for, I think, a month if I was tased. Uh, the report says officers tried to cuff Mr. Mayorga, but he swung at them, striking an officer in the eye with a handcuff. They eventually detained him. According to the report, they then made a bizarre discovery. The woman told police Mayorga bit the head of her pet snake off, a ball python. Officers said they saw the snake and its severed head sitting next to the entry door. Mayorga faces charges of animal cruelty with intent to kill, false imprisonment, and resisting arrest. And he's in the jail right now under $15,000 bond, which is pending. I would not... Well, I don't even know. Like, How do you bite the head off of a snake? The amount of jaw strength, and it's got to be gristly. Um, it's got to be. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you uh, tangle with a woman that does do that. Wait, didn't Ozzy Osbourne bite the head off a bird one uh, time? A, a so bat. I guess if you're I, I think a, it was bat. a bat, yeah. Mm. I'd still know, rather do seems, a bat than a snake, though. Yeah. yeah, the bat neck seems. You know, a snake is just pure muscle. I think, I know, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Well, you know what, kids? You shouldn't <laughs> bite the head off of anything. Anything at all. Unless it's like, you know, a Sour Patch Kid. This sounds like or yeah. a gummy bear. This sounds like, like don't or, be biting. Or, or yeah. candy corn. I think you can bite the head off yeah. of candy corn, Doesn't right? Does this sound like a conversation between two guys who've smoked too much? Yeah. Way too much. Right. <laughs> um, I say, what would you do if I had the head in my mouth? Does that have blood? Do snakes have blood? I think it's important, though, that we keep in mind that we have an obligation to serve the public as people who hold a license to the public airwaves. Kids, yeah. don't bite the head off of anything, however yeah. big, small, tough, right. or tender. Let's this go is to what the FCC had in mind. Go ahead. Let's go to today's moron of the day. It happened in Seattle, giving Florida a freaking break for one time. Um, A woman comes home and finds a smashed window and a man inside her house. So she runs back back outside and she calls 911. Seattle police show up in force and they get on their bullhorn and they instruct anyone inside the house to come outside. No one replies. No one shows. So they go in to search the home. And living room empty, kitchen, bedroom, hallway empty, empty, empty. And then they go into the bathroom and there they find a fully clothed 27-year-old man sitting in a bathtub full of water. And of course they asked him, sir, what's up with this? And he refused to tell them why he had broken in, why he was fully dressed, and why he was sitting in the bathtub. He said, I'm not telling. And at that point, the police went, at that point, the police went, oh, you it. got us then. You got yeah, us. Yeah, okay. Take care. Yeah. This went, This round goes to you. So, yeah, of course, they arrested, they arrested yeah. him and hauled him in. And we're going to post that up as today's moron of the day. All right. We were talking about Cindy Williams. Ran out of time. Max has some cool Cindy Williams stuff for us next. If you missed it a little earlier, she was almost cast as Princess Leia in Star Wars. When you think about, like, it would take a very special person to not be bitter about that missed opportunity, and apparently she wasn't. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we've decided to make every day 
Catter Day, and you can get in on the fun. Just submit a picture of your cat or you and your cat at our website, bobandsherry.com. Our big boss, Tony Garcia, assures us you could win a valuable, special, really expensive prize. You want to say that one more time without the sarcasm? That's bobandsherry.com. Hit the contest tab. Every day is Catter Day with the Bob and Sherry Show. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Cindy Williams gave an interview on an Australian TV show, um, and this will give you a little taste of who Cindy Williams was as a person um, and her attitude about the business that she worked in. The, the thing with Penny and myself is we just don't mind making fools of ourselves, and, and she has an incredible, just I couldn't think of anyone greater to work with for comedy and physical comedy and she just had a a genius for it and the first 13 weeks though they didn't think I did physical comedy and I had to beg Gary you know I said I do it too and so he wrote me this little thing and said if you do this then we'll write it for both of you and one day because we had no idea that it was a hit one day though on the writer's table it was Penny and I were rehearsing something everyone else was gone and it was the Wall Street Journal and it said and the headline was Laverne and Shirley send ABC stocks through roof and I and I said Penny look at this and she goes what does that mean to you I said well Laverne that's you Shirley me send ABC stocks through the roof. It's Wall Street. I think it's good. Anyway, so that was the first inkling we had. Your next question was, are we being paid enough? No. Oh, you didn't think like that? (laughs) No, we didn't. No, we were just girls, you know, and that was back when a girl was a girl. And so, but, however, the proviso to that is that, um, Toward the end of the show, when we were both negotiating our contracts, they gave us half of what Henry and Ron got. And they said, because we think that the two of you is worth one of them. They said it, not in those words, but that was kind of what came back to us. And Penny and I were so like, okay, had it been just a little bit longer, we would have said, find two other people. Bye-bye. And... um, but that, I think back on that, and, and I think how could we have been that foolish to say, to not have held our ground and said, no, no, yeah. we're, we're worth exactly what Henry and Ron are worth each. So, but we didn't, but that was then and this is now. How could, how could her manager, their managers, not stepped in and said, no, 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 well, the stock went through the roof. We're going to need some more money for these two ladies. Terrible managers. Couldn't, don't know, um, yeah. but it's just interesting. She didn't. She didn't greet the world with bitterness and suspicion. Clearly, yeah. as a yeah, as right. a human being, much less as a performer. So there you go. Straight ahead, comedian Sean Jordan, um, and the, the ingredients to the good life. Guess what? You don't need. You don't need money. It's all coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Sean Jordan. Come on. Y'all stood up. That's fantastic. I'm thrilled about it. My voice cracked immediately. Let's move on. (laughs) But we did it. My wife and I, we had a kid during COVID. I don't know about all that. It's ill-advised. It's been tough. I'm thrilled about it, though. I love being a dad. We named her Maxine. Strong. It's got that X in there. Strong. Powerful name. Makes her sound kind of gnarly. So when people ask if we had a boy or a girl, I go, neither. We had a woman. And her name is Maxine. Respect. Everything about being a parent is terrifying. Going to the hospital, terrifying for the birthing process because they don't really tell you much about what's going to go down. I could use some information on a couple things. The first thing is the placenta. How does it come out and what does it look like? Those two pieces of information are clutch. Because I was standing there, and our woman was born, and it was amazing. (laughs) Most amazing thing I've ever seen. But then about a minute after that, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something else come flying out of my wife, (laughs) like it was shot out of a t-shirt cannon. (laughs) It was the placenta. The sucker's moving when it comes out. And I didn't know what it was, because I don't know what a placenta looks like, but I know what I think a stomach looks like. Pretty close. (laughs) So then I was standing there terrified, thinking like, well, she just gave birth to her stomach. (laughs) I didn't even know that could happen. Yet here we sit. And listen, I'm not a stomach doctor. I'm not going to act like a stomach doctor. But you're going to want to call the stomach doctor. (laughs) Get them down here immediately. Because I don't know much, but I do know she's going to need a stomach to help me raise this baby. (laughs) Can't do it on my own. The next thing is skin-to-skin contact. I could have used a little more information as to when that was going to go down. I know what it is. It's when you take the brand-new naked baby, you put them on your bare chest. I'm here for that. I just wish I would have known that was going to have to happen immediately. (laughs) I'll timeline it for you. So the woman was born, and then about a minute after that, there was that whole stomach placenta fiasco. And then like two, maybe three minutes after that, the doctor looked at me seemingly out of nowhere and goes, you, take your shirt off. That was wild. And I was like, no. (laughs) Why would I do that? Are we going to fight? This feels weird. It just doesn't feel like a shirt-off kind of party just yet. You know what I mean? I'm sober. I'm not hurt. I'm in the hospital. All three of those things, to me, are screaming, keep your shirt on. (laughs) But then she told me why it had to happen immediately, so of course I took it off again. 
I just wish I would have known it was going to have to happen right away because I was wearing jeans. And I don't have a shirt off, jeans on kind of body. <laughs> Most people don't. I'm one of them. So I'm standing there with no shirt, and they told me to go sit in the corner to receive my baby. And I look around, and there's one dark corner in this entire room. There's one dark corner. The rest of it's lit up like Walmart. So I go over to this corner, and there's a rocking chair sitting there. So of course I sit in the rocking chair and start rocking back and forth. Because if you sit still in a rocking chair, you look psychotic. You just... <laughs> You gotta try to sit still, it's weird. But then they didn't give me my baby for like 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes I feel would have been better spent wearing a shirt. That's a long time. So at one point I was just sitting in the only dark corner of this entire hospital room, rocking back and forth in a rocking chair, with no shirt on, wearing jeans. And it straight up looked like I wasn't supposed to be there. It looked like I snuck in. If you walked by, you'd have been like, why is that mechanic sitting in there? I just don't like showing off my body when I don't have to. My body looks exactly like what you think it looks like. Not a lot of surprises. Like if I took off all my clothes right now and got completely naked, everybody's heart rate would stay exactly the same. Wouldn't really move the needle too much. You would notice that I have way more chest hair than you think I do. Weird little secret about Cherboy. I got a bunch. It's all right here, right above my xiphoid process on my sternum. There's like a thick ball. It's like a circle of chest hair, though. It's a dot. And then on my tummy, I have another dot of body hair, like a circle right around my belly button. So my torso looks like a colon, like the punctuation mark. So like if I was on the beach with all my friends and we were all standing in a line with our shirts off and I was last in line, you'd be like, maybe there's more friends? <laughs> this has been amazing. My name's Sean Jordan. I dream come true. Thank you so much. That bit about uh, his wife gave birth to a woman, that is so funny. He worked that so well. He's so dry. I just love this guy. Yeah. Sean Jordan, yeah. we're going to post that set up at B-O-B-A-N-D. SHERI.com, where you can nominate a family that can use a little bit of help fill in the fridge. Details on that coming up. Straight ahead, I want to tell you about the moment I suddenly realized, maybe it's been more than one moment, but it really was very clear to me how I am just not a cool guy. If I ever was, I'm not a cool guy anymore. It's straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So when I was growing up as a kid, you know, and we're living in this little Cape Cod house, tiny, tiny house we're renting, and it's real smoky because my parents smoked and I had allergies and we just didn't have any money. I said to myself, someday I'm going <clears> to <throat> be a really cool guy doing cool stuff. And then years later, I found myself on airplanes flying to like Sydney, Australia, and going to Bondi Beach, flying to Cairo and going on a private tour with my TV crew of the Great Pyramids and just really being kind of a cool guy for a few years. And then I got married. And uh, he said with a tone of despair, that's where the coolness 
you know, just started to stop. But you still, I still have, you know, it's been planted in my own brain since I was a kid that I am a cool guy. And so we have a cat, you know, Kiki, 18 years old, and she has to have special medicine in her ear every day now, and that's fine. And um, she has to be, you know, taken to the vet all the time, and we have to, you know, give her water, and the water has to move and all of that. And I'm, I'm dealing with that, and that's all fine, you know. And then Mary says, she's gonna, she's not eating her cat food like she should. She has this, like, kibble stuff. We have to augment it with some broths. She seems to like these broths. And I'm looking at the broth package now. It's, it's like a, a little soft package, and it says, Purina Fancy Feast. Creamy cat with soup. chicken and vegetables. Yeah, basically that's what it is in a decadent creamy broth. And so she said, when you go out to the supermarket, would you would you get some of those? And I went, okay, that's fine. So the ones that I got, they were kind of uh, blue. The, the words on the package were blue. And it said, uh, fancy feast, creamy uh, with chicken and salmon in a savory broth. And in the words broth are in this electric blue. And I brought it back. And they're three for $7. And I got 10. And uh, so I brought them in. And I said, I got 10 of them. So that she, Mary said she doesn't like the blue ones because it has salmon in the, in the savory broth. She wants just chicken and vegetables in the decadent creamy broth. You want to get the, the words in orange. Oh. And this she guy, said, go ahead. I got to say. Go ahead and take them back. That cat rejected a meal better than what we ate last night at my house. I know. Oh, she, by the way, she leaves the, uh, the, the chicken and vegetables and just has the broth. Just has That's the at broth. the bottom. So she says, go ahead and take that back. Let me tell you, there's nothing more that makes you feel like a happy man than walking back into a supermarket with seven fancy feasts, creamy, uh, savory broths. To and return, you want your money back. and I want my money back, and I'm I'm explaining it to the man who is behind that counter where they sell the cigarettes, you know, and everything, and <laughs> he's one of three employees covering a store that's the size of a football field, so he has to stop checking people out to deal with the fact that I have the wrong kitten broth, so we did that, and all of a sudden our regular store is out of the orange kitten broth, uh, uh, cat broths. I went, Oh my God, they don't have orange. I have got to come back because otherwise I come through the door empty handed. I have failed as a husband. There are three supermarkets within two and a half miles of my house. Approximately. I went to the second one. They're out too. I go to the third supermarket and I'm down the pet aisle and I'm searching and I'm searching all of a sudden there it is an entire section of the fancy feast, creamy with chicken and vegetable in a decadent creamy broth in the orange broth packages. And I reach up to take about 10 of them and I say, scored, scoring. And at that point, this woman walked behind me and just kind of looked at me because I'm saying scoring, holding fancy feast, creamy with chicken and vegetables in a decadent creamy broth packages. And it was at that moment that I said to myself, if you ever were cool, you're not now. Daniel Craig never once was in a pet food aisle sweating 
about whether or not he could find the right packages of savory, creamy chicken broth for the cat, who's going to just slurp it up and then walk away. And if she doesn't get them, she will howl for two hours. Daniel Craig never did that, but that's where I am. And I went home and I told my wife this. I said, you know, it made me feel like I'm not a cool guy. And she went, huh, you just realized that? And she laughed. I said, what are you laughing at me? She said, that's not why I love you, boo-boo. I love you because you will go get the fancy face creamy with chicken and vegetables and a duck and a creamy broth. And I had to just walk away, appreciating that she does love me, but the coolness is what I paid for with that love. Would you rather be cool and alone? Listen to me. You are winning. You not only got the right cat food, you got your money back. And your wife praised you. This is one of the more successful days you've had in a long time. I did get my money back, but I want my cool back. And I'm afraid it's gone forever now. Yeah, yeah. The food line cannot give you your cool back. No, no, no. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. If you know a family that's struggling with grocery bills and they're, it's crazy. It is just crazy what stuff costs now. And some families are having a pretty tough time and we would like to help. So we want you to go to B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com and nominate a family that you know. Maybe it's your neighborhood, your church, somebody you work with. You just happen to know that these are some folks that could use a hand. We would like to send them a $112 gift card from HelloFresh and a $100 Visa gift card. Take a bite out of that grocery bill for at least one week, right? All entries will be kept anonymous. Nobody will be named. This is going to be totally private. We thank you for sharing someone's story so that we can try to help them out. You can do it right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Ashton Kutcher has uh, opened up about Danny Masterson in a new Esquire profile as part of the former's recent acting comeback that includes reprising his That 70s Show character Kelso on Netflix sequel series That 90s Show and starring opposite Reese Witherspoon in the upcoming Netflix rom-com Your Place or Mine. Why, why has somebody not used that as a title to a rom-com? It, I was just, as you said it, I thought, how is this not already a movie? I know. Your Place or Mine. Kucher and Masterson first met as co-stars on That 70s Show, and their friendship and collaboration continued through their work on the Netflix sitcom The Ranch. I've never heard of The Ranch. Oh. It's been on like three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was on really? that. He's yeah. not now, obviously. No. no. Masterson was charged in June uh, 2020 with three counts of rape from alleged incidents that took place between 2001 and 2003. His 2022 court case ended in a mistrial, and he now faces a second trial on rape charges. The actor was first accused of sexual assault in 2017 and was later written out of the third season of The Ranch. Kucher continued to star on the show without Masterson for half of season three and a fourth and final season. Uh, Speaking to Esquire, Kucher 
said what he wants for Masterson is to be found innocent of the charges brought against him. However, that doesn't mean Kucher wants Masterson off the hook. Kucher just hopes that Masterson's alleged behavior isn't true because he was such a mentor for him throughout his career. I never realized that. I thought that uh, Danny Masterson was the one person in that group on the 70s show that just faded away, but he was doing stuff behind the scenes and not the stuff that he's being charged with. If the allegations against Masterson are true, it is a different story, he says. Ultimately, I can't know, Kucher said. I'm not the judge. I'm not the jury. I'm not the DA. I'm not the victim, and I'm not the accused, so I don't have a space to comment. I just don't know. This is interesting. Kucher said that Masterson, Danny Masterson, became sort of the ringleader for the young cast of that 70s show. Um, Well, I mean, Mila Kunis was 14. Exactly. She lied about her age. Yeah, I mean yeah. these they were very they were very young. Very young. Not all of them had were worked, that young. He'd worked as a model, but that really was the beginning of his acting career. Yeah. It was. But Sherry's right, and that shocked me when I heard I thought she was fifteen. You say fourteen when she started on I think that. She show? was fourteen. Yeah. 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 Playing like a seventeen year old and with semi adult topics here and there. Uh that seventies show, since uh, Masterson had been working for some time before the Fox series launched. He kept the cast in check and away from drugs, Kucher remembered. Quote, he's like, one blanking rule. Don't do anything blanking stupid and blank this up. Because if you do, you blank it up for everybody, Kucher said of Masterson's advice to him. Um, That's interesting, isn't it? That he called all of them together. And that was a pretty good-sized ensemble cast and said, I'm telling you, don't do anything stupid because it's not just going to get you kicked off of the show. It could tank the show because if one character is gone, then they have to explain it. That's exactly right. But at the same time, while he's telling them that he is allegedly up to just absolutely no good with uh, young women. Um, you know, when now that I sit here and think about that, I don't think any cast members of that 70s show did have drug issues did they no i I don't recall anything whatever else was going on i can't think of anything like that can you i haven't seen the 90s version no i hadn't heard anything like that but i have to tell you the stuff that he's accused of is really it's It's unspeakable really it's full-blown violent sexual assault it's drugging and assaulting women without their consent it's foul and there is some talk, and we'll see what happens, um, because it, you know, again, everything's just talk. The his trial ended in a hung jury, so he got a mistrial. The prosecution mm-hmm. wants to retry it. There is a ton of talk in L.A. that Scientology got to the, one of the jurors, and that's what hung the jury. I said that. To, I said that to you when it happened. Hmm. Yeah, Max believes that. So he's a and he's a he, member of that cult. Oh, oh yeah, please, yeah. So is yeah. his wife. Yeah. In fact, the judge said at the very beginning of the trial, we're not going to put Scientology on trial. We're putting you on trial. But the two are very intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. On a lighter note, as we go out uh, on the 70s show, I saw this this post some guy did. And the first picture was a picture of a young Brad Pitt. And the guy said, me, in my mind's eye, about 10 years ago. 
And then there was a picture of Red <laughs> from that 70s show. Me, actually, today. <laughs> it, it happens to us if we're not careful. It gets us all. Yeah, it's Bob and Sherry. Happy Hour, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I had an interesting experience the other day walking out of the grocery store. They say that smell is the strongest sense that we have. It can take us right back to childhood or to a place that we visited one time. And then you get that same smell, maybe in a different city, but you recall you know, exactly what you were doing. So I'm coming out of the grocery store and there's a car that is moving at a slow pace, woman driving and a guy in the shotgun side. And they're now just about uh, level with me. They're driving very close, slowly as I go toward my car. And I look over and I see a hand with a cigarette. The guy's got a freshly lit cigarette and the smoke is billowing. Oh God, that's gonna come over toward me. And it did. They went a little bit ahead of me and the smoke just came wafing back in my face and I went I was, I'm about to, I knew what was going to happen I was about to say you know that is so rude that is so disgusting I hate cigarettes so much and I smelled it I smelled that that tobacco that cigarette smell and it took me back to when I smoked so many years ago and it took me back to my parents house and they both smoked and it was actually kind of comforting in a way. For real? Yeah. It was very, it's still noxious. It was still noxious, but the smell is so strong that it just transported me to a period where I was single and I was dating or another period where I'm in my parents' house and my mother and father are both sitting around doing whatever, smoking cigarettes. And there I was again. There was, it was almost a comforting thing which is very, very strange because, you know, I'm publicly, I just can't say enough about how much I hate them. It's one of the greatest things I ever did for myself is to stop smoking. Well, whatever it took to keep you from yelling at a stranger in traffic and being beaten, I'm thankful for Yeah, it. yeah, that's right. I was ready to do that. I was ready I to. I know you were. And I decided you're not li- to. You're my little powder keg. You're my little stick of dynamite. And I'm so glad that you didn't have your face pounded into a red pulp. Yeah, thank you. I think. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't smoke cigarettes. They're, they're terrible. It's Bob don't and Jerry. Be, don't beat people up either. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. 
Happy Hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's talk back time. And if you have our app, which is free in Google Play in the Apple Store, just download it. Look for the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. Tap it and talk. And the app will do the rest. Or if you're old school, you can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. Hi, Bob and Sherry. Max and Doc. Darcy from uh, Cedar Rapids. Just uh, wanting to chime in on... um, what I was just listening to in your podcast, Bob had played the TikTok um, about the woman who doesn't do cars, doesn't do trash, and, you know, that's Bob's life. Sorry, Bob. Um, and uh, you guys were just talking about, like, some, you know, there are just some women that are like that. doesn't matter their size. It doesn't matter. And uh, somehow they speak and they get what they want. Well, I'm here to tell you that is my middle daughter. She is 18. She is a petite 5'2", 110 pounds, soaking wet little nugget. And that is her. Every boyfriend that she has had dotes on her like a queen. And it drives me crazy. I mean, they take her dirty dishes to the sink. They go downstairs and switch her laundry. They dote on her every emotion and need and the confusing part is, is I am Sherry. I am the workhorse doormat. So I don't <laughs> know how she has been able to accomplish this. And maybe it's because she's looked at me her whole life and thought, oh, heck no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be like that. I am going to be the queen and get whatever I want. So I don't know. It's a mystery, but she does get what she wants with the relationships in her life. And um, there you have it. You guys have a great day. Thanks for all you do. Listen to you every day. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Just a wonderful voice she has. Such a great uh, description. I, I have, as a man, I have my own opinion on why she gets away with that. There are just certain women, and it doesn't matter if they are, you know, 110 pounds or 600 pounds, five feet one or six feet tall. There are some women who are just born to the throne. I think this thing skips generations, too. I think that you, you'll you have a workhorse doormat who knows she's a workhorse doormat, right? We know that about ourselves. And so we set out to raise daughters with really good boundaries who know their Mm -hmm. value and their worth. Mm -hmm. And then we sit back in amazement while our daughters demand that their needs are met, refuse to be people pleasers. Like Mm -hmm. it's the most breathtaking thing. And then it'll be interesting to see what the next generation looks like. Because while I do think that there are women who just snap their fingers and everything happens, I think that you see this kind of pattern where it's like, how did, how did I a working doormat managed to raise these fierce icons of good boundaries. I don't know how we do it. I don't know how we get it done. I, I think sometimes a woman will um, be, I don't want to use the word demanding, but uh, expect to be treated uh, regally. And if she gets away with it early on, that becomes her pattern. It suddenly um, seeps into her DNA that, yes, I am. I am Princess Evie. 
and everybody, especially guys who are boyfriends, are going to take my dirty dishes, do my laundry, fold my towels, the whole thing, because for whatever reason. Now, I, I said it doesn't really matter what you look like. If you are, I guess, darling beyond belief, that's probably a little bit of an edge for you. But I, I've seen women who you would not describe as uh, beautiful models, and they just have the same power that our caller was describing. It's, it's just... It's boundaries. They're a different creature. Yeah. It's boundaries. It's like, I need this. I want this. Yeah. Are you going mm -hmm. to provide this? Okay, great. Not, I need this and I want this, but I really don't feel like I deserve it. And I'm sorry I'm taking up so much space. Here, let me make sure right. that you have all that you need. It's a right. boundaries thing. And it's, it is breathtaking to behold. Like, to watch... So I texted my one of my daughters late last night and um and said, What's your schedule like for tomorrow? And mm -hmm. she replied back, Well, my class got canceled and I don't have work, so I'm gonna take a mental health day. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh my god, I'm so proud of you. I'm glad that you're doing that. The only way that I could take a mental health day is if I'm in a straight jacket under a judge's orders <laughs> and it being held <laughs> against my will. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have many more responsibilities than she does in uh, in her defense, right? I mean, you've got to show up for the show and all the other things that you yeah. do. And in my defense, I need a mental health day just a tiny <laughs> bit more. Would you not agree? No, I, I would agree on that. I think I think if you are one of those women, you've got to come into the uh, boxing ring uh, that way. You can't halfway through the fight, you can't all of a sudden change, you know? Oh. You have to be it perceived as that person. And with some guys, I'll tell you, there's an appeal there. Those women, it doesn't occur to them that change would be a thing to even consider because they right. have such clear, healthy boundaries that they don't right. understand why you're laying face down with welcome written on your back and being right. such a people pleaser. Y'all are queens. You are true queens. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, go. I hope you like this. I, I subscribe to Guitaro 5000 on YouTube. It's the Sing With Me guy in New York City. He's on the streets in New York with his guitar and his microphone and his instruments. And he invites people passing by to sing a song with him. Recently, we featured a guy that from Minneapolis that he bumped into in the subway. And the guy sang Creep by Radiohead. And it was otherworldly. Remember that? I do, so, yeah. So YouTube served this up to me. Reggie is out on the streets of New York. It's nighttime. And he's asking people to sing with him. And a man from Jamaica comes by. His name is Rev. And I'm going to post the video on Facebook so you can watch it. But initially, Rev is not interested in making friends with Reggie and doesn't want to be bothered and doesn't want to be hassled. And then this magical thing happened. Would you like to do a reggae version? To celebrate, no chocolate covered candy hearts to give away, no bursts of spring, no song to sing. In fact, it's just another ordinary. No April rain, no flowers bloom, the wedding 
Saturday within the month of June. But what it is is something true. Made up of three, three words that I must say to you. I just call, say, love you. I just call to say how much I care. I just call to say I love you. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. No summer's high, no warm July, no harvest moon to light one tender August night, no autumn breeze, no falling leaves, not even time for birds to fly to southern skies. No Libra sun, no Halloween, no giving thanks to all the Christmas joy you bring. But what it is, though oh so new, to fill your hearts like no cheap words could ever do. I just called this is some guy walking down the street you. that had an angry look on his face. I just called he told Reggie he didn't need to, to look at the lyrics And then Reggie launches into an impromptu reggae version of it. And here we are. That's a Stevie Wonder song, and it's probably 35 years old at least. It's amazing he knew the lyrics, you know, right off the top of his head. I just called oh, to say I love you. I just called to say how much I care. I do. I just called to say I love you. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. about this is Rev did not want to be hassled. He was bothered. Yeah, yeah. He was angry to be bothered. And yeah, then the yeah. two of them sang together. Mm-hmm. And ev- for those two guys and everyone passing by, it changed the whole night. 
for the better. But were there were there people who were uh, surrounding them while he was yeah. singing in the video? That's wonderful. That's a hard song to sing, I think. Don't you, Max? You have to have range, and he does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So cool. You do have to have range. There are so many people just walking around in the world filled with all these magical skills that you don't know anything about. Let's get this posted up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. This is Bob and Cherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by State Farm? You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. Nothing makes me happier personally than a new UFA, UFO disclosure from the Pentagon, but I realize that I am, I am um, alone on that island and that other people need different things to be happy, which is why I was so excited when I came upon the actual five ingredients for the good life. And this is from Harvard University. Harvard has been studying adult happiness and satisfaction um, for 80 years right? First, they, they started with the greatest generation. Then they studied their baby boomer kids. And there's the, the person who oversees this happiness study is named Robert J. Waldinger. He's a psychiatrist and a Zen priest, okay? So he's bringing the science of mental health along with na, 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 to this project. <laughs> and he said, the biggest takeaway is that Good relationships don't just make us happier as we go through life. They make us healthier and we live longer. And that is the first ingredient to the good life. It's relationships and friendships. So when they say relationships, they just don't mean like romantic. You hear relationship and everybody thinks, well, I'm going to die. I've never been able to find love. But it's all about relationships. It's about friendships. It's about the connections that we make with our um, coworkers and our neighbors and our family members. It's about being engaged with another human being. And that doesn't just make you happy and healthier. It brings your life joy and it gives you energy. And so the first question, the first ingredient is relationships. And the first question that the Zen priest asks you is, are you spending time with the people you care most about? Because if you aren't, you need to change your priorities. That is the number one thing to do. Here's the next ingredient for the good life. Write down who supports you. Um, Knowing who your network is, put it on paper, take a look at it, write those names down, and then ask yourself, okay, so like in my case, you know, my sister-in-law, Nancy, and my sister-wife, Joni, Am I, am I there? Am I spending the time with them that I could be and should be? Because these are my people, right? Are you mm-hmm. seeing your friends enough? Are you calling them? Are you texting? Are you sending them goofy memes? Connect with your people. Here's the third mm-hmm. step. Um, get your head right where happiness is concerned. Happiness is not a destination. Happiness is not a thing you strive toward. Happiness is the little choo-choo you ride in along the tracks of your life. It's a process because they said that they looked at people for 80 years, people who had struggles, they had challenges, they struggled with money, they struggled with illness, they struggled with loss, they had turmoil and they had burdens and setbacks and failures, but they were still happy because they understood that to live the good life is to understand that joy and pain travel together. That you mm-hmm. can't have one without the other. And in the moments of joy, 
you you really live in that because you know that hard times are coming and the moment of hard times you hang on tight because you know that good times are around the corner happiness is not a destination next step um they say you need to take a wiser approach w i s e r watch interpret select your response engage reflect so that you don't just do something sit there and think about what you're choosing don't be so impulsive don't don't let other people steer you meaning don't make choices because other people want you to make those choices and you're worried about what people are going to think and don't make choices that seem perfect in the moment but you know that it's going to cause you pain or somebody else pain um watch interpret select engage and reflect and here's the last step in the good life and we'll post all of this on the Bob and Cherry Facebook cuz this is this is really good stuff um they said that um people who are struggling uh it's a real thing to feel trapped in your unhappy life it's a real thing to feel that it's impossible to make a difference whether you had an unhappy childhood or you have a miserable marriage or you do you do a job that is killing you but you have to earn that living um here's what they say in this study your way of being in this world is not set in stone it's set in stand whatever happened to you in the beginning of your life that's not your fate your natural disposition is not your fate where you grew up is not your fate some of the choices you've made as an adult are not your fate you can always choose again choose differently readjust look at the change your perspective yeah, there's so many things yeah that's an interesting way to put it yeah that it's uh, cast in sand that's an interesting Cast way. Cast in sand. Yeah. yeah. So I know that um like when I say these are the five ingredients for a good life, people want it to be a supplement that you can swallow or I don't know, like a a device you can put on your arm, but but the truth is it just comes down to you recognizing that you're not as helpless as you feel sometimes. Very good Let's get from this Harvard posted. University. This is good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, and you know, stay right often there. the stuff we find is from the back of a cracker box. So this is Harvard. That's yeah, incredible. That's right. All right. Stay right there. We just left January behind. What were some of the most intriguing comments from parents in the month of January? I collected a few. And that's next, right here with Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. I came upon a post that somebody did. Uh, they, they took the best parents' comments during the month of January and posted them at the beginning of February, and I want to share them with you right now. Let's start out with one from Lil Bit. Lil Bit has a post for you right now. And she says, why do we stop celebrating developmental milestones as we age? Sure, babies walking and talking for the first time, that's great and all. But I had to work a lot harder for my first colonoscopy, and I should be celebrated. And I totally agree. And anybody who's been through that probably agrees also. This is from Tony. Tony says, my 17-year-old just dumped his girlfriend, and now he's attempting to get his hoodie back. He's in for one hell of a life lesson. That is so true. If you break up with somebody, you better have your stuff because going, I don't care what your age is, going back and trying to get it, oh, that's a tough call to make. 
Uh, this is from Mary Ferry Bowberry, and she says, My friend said she couldn't wait to have kids, so I went right over to her house. I turned on Coco Melon, and I hid the remote. I then demanded a snack and sat back on the floor and cried when she gave me one. I left Legos randomly all over the floor, and I tried to flush a Barbie down the toilet. That is partially what being a parent is all about. Yeah. This is from one awkward mom. Whenever my kid is about to do something he's not supposed to do, he says, don't look at me. And that's how I know he's not cut out for a life of crime. And who do we know that used to do that? (laughs) That would be Karamia. Wasn't it Karamia who would say, don't see me? While she oh, was doing yeah. something. That While was, she was breaking the law, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Dad Man Walking, please send well wishes to my teenager. After he endured only 15 hours of sleep, he was forced to wake up at the crack of lunchtime to do two hours of school in his pajamas. I guess some people, are some kids still doing that? I, most of them, I think, are back in regular school. Um, next one. My daughter just dyed her hair turquoise and apparently has no idea that she's subjected herself to months of me asking if she's still feeling blue. And that is what parents do, although generally that's a father's job. So there it is. A few comments from parents. If you're thinking about being one, keep those in mind. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. I had two jobs when I was 16 years old. I was working in the International House of Pancakes as a dishwasher and busboy. And I was in a rock band that performed around in small clubs around uh, New England. And I learned a lot from both jobs. I learned from the uh, dishwasher job that I didn't want to be a dishwasher for the rest of my life. It was hard work. And I learned to follow orders from the chef. And with the rock band, I learned how to be um, comfortable in front of hundreds and sometimes thousands of people. But I think I would have been better off if I had an experience like this man who was in Inc. Magazine. He talked about how when he was a kid, 16 years old, in a small town in the Midwest, he got a job as a bank teller. So he was pretty good with numbers. And what he learned as a bank teller at the age of 16, impacted him for the rest of his life. Do you want to hear some of the things mm-hmm. that he yeah. noticed? Okay. He says, I'm, I'm reading his words. One of the first things I learned while working as a teller was that not everybody who makes a lot of money actually has a lot of money. What I'd see is there were just as many people with high paychecks fretting about bounced checks and negative balance accounts as the ones with low paychecks. Much to my surprise at 16, just because someone made a lot of money didn't mean they had a lot of money. For example, it seemed as though about half of the customers who drove the fanciest cars, because he was working the drive through a lot, often had the smallest bank accounts and the most stressful surrounding of their accounts. Whereas 
and this is interesting, about half of the wealthiest customers I dealt with drove nice, but kind of normal vehicles and dressed fairly simply with no designer handbags plastered with logos, fancy watches, or wallets. Looking wealthy and being wealthy are two different things. And many go poor trying to look wealthy. Many of the wealthiest people, this, I never realized this. Many of the wealthiest people do not display their wealth. They're comfortable with their financial status and they have little desire to flaunt it. It's why, this is what I didn't know. It's why designer brands like Gucci have varying product lines. Some prominently display the brand's logo to ensure any witness who knows that it's expensive. And others, Gucci, other lines, are so subdued in what they have in in their products that no one would be none the wiser as to what the brand was. In other words, instead of having that big Gucci logo, it has a very small logo, if a logo at all. And not surprisingly, he goes on to say, many of those with the most wealth often choose the latter. That was probably a great learning experience at the age of 16 to take a look at, because a teller sees a lot, to see what people make and whether or not they're bouncing checks. And, oh, look at, look at the guys driving a Bentley, but he's got, you know, he's got 10 bucks in the account. That taught this kid very early how to handle money. It's an interesting um, life lesson. And I, I read once a long time ago that the difference between new money and old money is that new money shouts and old money whispers. And I come from a family that had no money. And so we <laughs> were neither shouting nor whispering, <laughs> right? But, yeah. but it, it makes sense to me. And I think... I think it's really easy to judge people that spend every nickel that they make. It's a, it's of course it's reckless and insane, right? But you don't know where people come from. Sometimes, sometimes people have struggled for so long that they finally have a chance to have some things and they want those things. Yeah. They want them. And you know, you can be, you can be critical of it or, Oh, that's crazy or whatever. But man, until you until you really know what it's like to want things and never be allowed to have them, to always have your nose pressed up against the glass, to always be a window shopper, you can't really judge someone that was like, damn it, I'm getting that whatever, car, handbag, wh- whatever. I think it's okay to do that up to a certain point. But then somewhere along the way, you have to take responsibility that someday you may be 85 years old and uh, that bag is not going to take care of you. I think that's what this kid learned very early on. Like I, when I was working in a factory in Attleboro, Massachusetts, making plastic pushpins, um, there was a guy who was working. I've mentioned this before once a long time ago. There was a guy who was working there, too. We're, we're all making minimum wage, and maybe if we worked really hard, we get a little bit more uh, at the end of the week. And I cleaned the men's room and the ladies' room on weekends, so I got another 30 bucks or whatever for that. Um, but there was a guy working with us, and I think it was his mother who passed away. And she left him what today would be probably around $20,000. I think it was 
it was closer to five way back then. I was a teenager. He quit. He told them to shove the job. He hated working in the plastics factory. And he took his wife, and I think they had a kid, and they went to Florida. And three months later, he was on the door, same plastics factory. All the money was gone. It Look, I mean, it happens. I've seen it in my family. It's just that guy. It's tempting. Yeah, it's tempting. That guy, he, he worked really hard. You know, he worked really hard making push pins. And they probably struggled every single month to have enough money to keep the lights on and buy groceries. And right. there was seldom anything left over. And right. the Sunshine State beckons to all of us, right? And he, mm-hmm. he saw his chance. He saw his chance to live a little bit. And he yeah. took it. Yeah. But I mean, once you do that, please learn the lesson that it doesn't last forever. You've got to figure out a way to put a little aside. And that's what this kid at 16 got. And I think he got a lot more out of it than I did singing cover songs in New England. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. If you're struggling financially, it's tough any time of the year, but I think it's especially tough in the colder months. And if you know an individual or especially a family who are in a situation where Boy, there's just not enough money to make ends meet. Our friends over at HelloFresh are reaching out with the Bob and Sherry Show. And we are offering a HelloFresh card worth 112 bucks worth of food. 112 bucks from HelloFresh. And we're going to kick in also a $100 Visa card. That will make at least one week a whole lot better for somebody. If you know those people, please go to BobandSherry.com. That's BobandSherry.com. And tell us all about them and good luck to those folks. So none of us want to think that we're the we're what's in our way, right? You never want to be the obstacle that's on your own path. You you always want it to be something else, either another person or circumstances or bad luck or whatever. These are the six signs that you're sabotaging yourself. Mm. And when I first when I first fell down this clickbait rabbit hole, I was like, <laughs> I feel very good about myself until I read the six signs and realized that I am sabotaging myself. Let's see, be honest, how many of these apply to you. Number one, discouraging yourself before you even try. You have an idea, but you talk yourself out of it because either it's too no. hard or you're not good enough or that that's not something we suffer from. We don't no, do that. No, no, I, I've we don't never do that. done that. We don't do that. Um, I'm guilty of number two, which is, Saying yes when what you want to say is no because you don't want to disappoint or upset another person. Yep. I've been there more times than I can count. Yeah. Um, I'm also guilty of number three, which is these are signs that you're self-sabotaging your own life. You ignore all of the signs that you need a break, which leads to more stress, more anxiety, burnout, and sickness. I think you could have stopped with me. You could have stopped with, I ignored all of the signs and then just (laughs) fill in, (laughs) fill in whatever you want to fill in. You know, it's It's ironic. I I am such a a sign ignorer that it's amazing that I uh, don't blow through stop signs, you know, on a a regular basis. (laughs) I was just going to say it's true. (laughs) I mean, it's true. Here's number four. You set expectations so high that they it is unrealistic that you will reach them 
I don't think no. that's either uh, one of us. No, I don't think so. No. I know no. I set very high expectations for myself, but if I didn't do that, what would my hateful inner voice have to talk about? You there know you what I'm go. saying? Like I, that hateful inner voice needs something to say. Um, this next one is not us, although we're both guilty of it sometimes, and that's procrastination. Yeah. And this yeah. last one. I've tried, I've tried to stop with that. I think I talked to you the other day about it because I read Tomorrow. something that, yeah. that somebody said. They said, when there's something that's <laughs> terrible, walk toward it immediately. Walk toward it immediately because it's not going away. You might as well walk toward it right away. This next one I'm very guilty of. Not allowing yourself things until you've earned them. And you're the one deciding what earning it means and putting yourself down. That's Max Say that, too. That, that's all one? Yeah. Not allowing yourself things until you've earned them by your standards of what that means and constantly putting yourself down about it. Hmm. It's a little confusing to me. Um, could be a lot of different things. Not allowing, I mean, what, what is that? Now, not allowing yourself to have a Maserati? Well, could be a reason not, why you shouldn't have a Maserati. No. Not allowing yourself to, to spend a couple of hours curled up on the couch with a book. Not, oh, allowing, okay. not allowing yourself to leave your chores because what you need is something besides endless chores. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. allowing yourself to have a treat because your inner voice is pointing out that you're disgusting and that you need more self-control, not mm -hmm. allowing yourself yeah, things because you haven't earned them. So yeah. I don't, I mean, sure. It could be a Maserati, I guess, or a fancy handbag, but a lot of times for those of us who self-sabotage, it's a freaking break, mm -hmm. you know, or spending money on ourselves rather than on somebody Other else. People. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, the signs, that was the one for me. Good Lord, when I look back at the signs, they were not just signs. They were billboards that were lit 24 hours a day with fireworks coming out of the top. And I just walk right I by I don't them. see anything. I Where's know. Where's a nice day? Look at over there. There's a cute dog. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Cherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up the Bob and Cherry Archive Vault. I was reading on Elite Daily uh, the very worst love advice that you've ever heard, that anyone's ever given, that you've ever received. Uh -huh. And they broke it down and analyzed <laughs> it. So let's, let's do it. Bad love advice number one, love will conquer all. Oh, yeah. Guess what? No, it does no, it not. No, it does not. No, it does not. If you really love each other from the depths of your heart, um, there are going to be some things that can still tear you apart. Right. Um, you live in two different countries. Your family despises this other person. You just can't. One of you has like some behavior problem where you just can't make it work. You can't leave who you're with. Love does not conquer all. Love uh, advice that's terrible. Number two, everyone deserves a second chance. No, 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 uh -uh. no. some people do not deserve a second chance. For example, uh, Ted, Je Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Once you've eaten your yeah. first boyfriend. Yeah. I don't that's think you should you. get another one. No, that's right. 
How many times do I have to tell you not to kill and eat your friends? Yeah, Hitler. He doesn't get his second chance. Bad love advice number three. Nice guys finish last. Nope. Being a really genuinely nice guy and a decent human being actually takes you really, really far. As long as you're not... In the world of romance. It does. As long as you're not taken for granted. Oh, well, that's... I mean, that's true for men and women. That's true, period. Right. Um, Next... Oh, he's only picking on you because he likes you. Oh, no. Nope. That's irritating. A guy that's mean and snotty to you is a D-bag. Yeah, that's irritating. That's right. He's just a big old baggity. That's all he is. And you deserve better. You deserve much better. All right. Um, Here's the next piece of uh, terrible love advice. We accept the love we think we deserve. Elite Daily says, I hate this so much. Love can make you put up with things you would never have put up in a million years simply because you're in love. Um, you don't accept the love you think you deserve. Sometimes people are abusing you. That's and right. And you need to get out because they are abusive. Yeah. How many more do you have? Because I've got one. A couple more. Okay. Um, next piece of love advice that's bad. All you have to do is put yourself out there. Um, okay. First of all, um, just putting yourself out there is not enough to find love. And in fact, you may end up going home with Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. The first point that we made. Yeah. Be careful where there is. Um, next up, love comes when you least expect it. No, you kind of have to put your, you have to be available to it. Love isn't going to, love is like, not like, uh, love's like your dream job. Your dream job doesn't come and bang on your front door to wake you up. You, right. You, you have to be out there. You have to be available. When you know, you know. Well, that's kind of terrible love advice because sometimes you think you know two weeks into dating and then you live to regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Once a cheater, always a cheater. And this one is bad according to Elite Daily because of the word always. Once a cheater does not necessarily mean always a cheater. But sometimes it does. Sometimes it does, but you you can't just assume that Mm -hmm. going in. What Mm -hmm. was your bad love advice? Mine is... You realize that now is the time to fall in love. What does that mean? Like, that, that, that means everything that in your life you're is... at a certain age. Your, oh, oh, your oh, friends oh, okay. are at a certain place romantically with somebody. And so you say, you know, now is the time I must find that person. I must go out there and find that person. And you're having a little trouble and you just go, well, this person kind of resembles, you know, it's time. That's a very bad idea. That's that almost never ends well. It doesn't end well at you all. No. So what's what's the uh, positive advice? What's good love advice? Don't settle. Don't settle is very good. Don't don't settle is so important. Find somebody with similar a similar outlook on life, a similar expectation of how to conduct yourself in life. I am going values. To, I'm getting. I always said that when my girls hit a certain age. I would sit down with them and we would watch the movie Moonstruck together uh-huh. because everything that you need to know about human love and relationships is in Moonstruck. I really do believe that. Yeah. You've brought it up over the years and, I and really, I, I agree. There's some uh, really good moments in there. Like the mom, Olympia Dukakis, um, she tells her daughter, uh, he, the daughter is engaged to marry the safe guy, the good earner, the reliable guy. She, she doesn't love him. There's no passion. There's no connection he's he's a good guy and it's time it's time that she finally settled down Mm -hmm. she's running out of time to have children but she falls in love with the reckless 
heartbroken and heartbreaking um, Baker, Baker with a dream. And he's not the reliable guy. And he, he's not the good provider. He's none of those things. And the mom says, do you love him? And the daughter says, I love him like something crazy. And the mother goes, oh, God, no. Well, then you're going to have to marry him. Yeah. You should only marry somebody that you absolutely, not that you can live with, Mm -hmm. but that you can't live without. That's exactly right. All right. Very good. Moonstruck. Old movie, all the truth is in. That's very good advice, especially mine. I know you like to think so, and that's important for you. And I like you to leave here each and every day feeling like Bobby did a little something, something today. A little something, something. Bobby did a little something, something today. Bobby was Not a part lot of, of something. Bobby was part of. Bobby things. was included. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Perhaps you or someone you know has suffered job loss or economic challenges. Bob and Sherry would like to help by filling the fridge of families with a hundred dollar Visa gift card and a one hundred and twelve dollar gift card from our friends at HelloFresh. To nominate a family or yourself, simply go to the Bob and Cherry website and hit the contest tab, and we will anonymously read the winning entries on the air. And thank you for helping to fill the fridge with the Bob and Cherry Show. Bob and Cherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandcherry.com. So generally, when you hear what is the happiest country in the world, the answer is Finland. It always comes up. Finland always comes up. So on the Huffington Post, they took a look at what makes uh, people in Finland so happy. And it's the usual things uh, that you would express. There's less of a desire to lie about emotions, work-life balance, have a lot of uh, access to nature and so on. But what really jumped out at me is Finland, folks experience a feeling of contentment rather than overwhelming happiness. I'm just going to read from this. If you go more toward the emotional experience of happiness, uh, I suppose in Finland, happiness doesn't mean the same thing that it does in other countries. It's more of a quiet feeling. So maybe it's easier to be happy in that way than if you were to seek intense feelings and intense experiences of happiness all the time. This person added that people in Finland have a high level of life satisfaction. Instead of looking for euphoria, you can try to look for things in your life that make you feel content, like a really good cup of coffee or that your trusty car never seems to break down and hold on to those feelings and seek out other pleasant reminders throughout your day. So I just saw the Wolf of Wall Street for the first time on uh, on uh, one of the platforms uh leo's character in the wolf of wall street he would not be a good example of that that's somebody that wants no. nothing but rushes <laughs> for happiness rushes you know bigger boats more women all, all those things the the explanation here is being content with just simple things in life consistently i this think this is the difference this yeah. is the difference between American culture and Nordic culture. We have the phrase pursuit of happiness baked into our identity. Right. Not the pursuit of contentment or small right. satisfaction. Happiness. Happiness, yeah. That's right. It's Bob and Cherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Cherry podcast and the Bob and Cherry podcast. 
We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.